0: I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to 5th in Mission. I'm talking with Mallory Mench, a Chronicle reporter who's been taking a close look at the dangers healthcare workers face during the COVID-19 pandemic, and also how things went very wrong for nurses the other day at SF General. Mallory Mench, welcome to 5th in Mission. Thank you. Thanks for joining me after another very long day. You've been busy, um like we all have for the past several weeks. So appreciate spending some time on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. It's an important issue.
0: For sure. Um, You've been writing some great articles about the dangers healthcare workers face while treating COVID-19 patients. Uh, We have a story up on sfchronicle.com right now about what happened when nurses at San Francisco General Hospital realized a patient that they had been treating had come from the homeless shelter, which had just had a major outbreak of the coronavirus. Can you tell me about that incident?
1: For sure. Well, this was a, a pretty crazy story, and you know, caused some fear and concern for those nurses, understandably. Uh, so, this patient did come uh, from one of the homeless shelters um, and was screened at the entrance to the hospital on Friday night, and didn't have any COVID symptoms, um, and uh, it wasn't tested. That's not po- a policy. And so then uh, he ended up in the psych unit, um, and he spent the night there, uh, sleeping in a common room, and he was given a mask. Um, but I think by the morning, it had- You know, he'd either taken it off or it had fallen off. He wasn't wearing it anymore. And what the nurses do is they uh, checked his vitals, so they took his temperature um, on Friday night, and there was nothing. Uh, Saturday morning, they noticed the temperature was rising a bit, and that's when they uh, got a call from a social worker telling them that he had come from this homeless shelter where there were a lot of cases. So they checked his temperature again and had risen even more, and that's when they said, we need to get him to the COVID unit, we need to get him tested. Um, At this point, they said it was pretty crazy in the unit, it was busy as it usually, is and they saw him walk into the hallway he wasn't wearing a mask so they yelled we have to get him a mask and they got n95 masks for themselves which is uh the most more protective form of mask than just a surgical mask um and they only use those masks if they uh are interacting with someone that they know has covid or they suspected in this case that he had covid and then they put him on a gurney and wheeled him um to the other unit where he was tested And they found out about it, about that his test results were positive about 12 hours later. Oh, wow. um, Not directly from the hospital administration, uh, but from a doctor who was in charge of the patient. Um, who called uh, some of the nurses to let them know and uh, called the nurses on the unit at the time. And then the word got around uh, among them because they're a close-knit unit. Right. Uh, so they were understandably concerned about what do we do? You know, how do we clean? They said it was busy at the time. And, you know, the hospital even said that we, we can't shut this unit down for the same kind of cleaning that you could do, say, if it was a school and it was emptied out. Uh, so they just do their thorough cleaning every day um, and wear their protective gear. Um, And they were told to monitor if they have symptoms um, because they
0: had exposure. Right. Do you know if any of them have developed symptoms? Not that
1: I have heard. Uh, so, as of a few days later, they had not, some of them had chosen to call in sick and said that they didn't want to go to work until they learned more about this or they were getting tested themselves um, just so they could have peace of mind.
0: Yes. Well, let's hope it stays that way. Um, so, of course, this is a very contagious disease and healthcare workers are on the front lines in treating it. Uh, what do we know about the overall numbers of infections among healthcare workers?
1: What we know in California um, is that as of today, uh, there were 2,789 cases of healthcare workers who were infected. So that's as of Wednesday. Um, and these come from a variety of sources. So the state is reporting uh, all numbers of healthcare workers um, because they said they can't necessarily track if they got it on the job or from another source in the community or at home. Uh, so that's the total number of healthcare workers who. Are confirmed to be infected, not clear if all of them got it while on the job, um, although some of them may have had exposure
0: right and what are nurses telling you in your reporting in terms of what they want to know when it comes to incidents of covid nineteen in their hospitals, like the one you just discussed? at SF General, when do they think they should be notified? How should that work? And why are they having a hard time getting such basic information?
1: The nurses that I spoke with at SF General and at a number of other hospitals and some of their union representatives as well uh, said that they just want to know when they have exposure, uh, any kind of exposure to someone who might have had or is confirmed to have had COVID. Um, It appeared most of the hospitals are, are, tracing contact in some way um, for those employees, um, but it's not necessarily proactive or they don't necessarily tell them who it was. So some of the nurses that I spoke with uh, wanted to know about their coworkers as well, um, if one of their coworkers had been exposed or might have had the disease. Um, but a lot of the hospitals uh, cited patient privacy privilege um, to not share the name of someone, especially an employee who was sick. Um, but some of the nurses say that this then puts the burden on the nurses to share with their fellow co-workers uh, if they do get sick, just to let them know so that they can monitor themselves and to get tested uh, so long story short, there's di- seem to be different standards and different desires for what kind of information was shared from the nurses who just want to know about their exposure and just want to know uh, whether they might be at risk for the disease and the hospitals who say that they're tracing certain cases and they also want to respect
0: patient privacy. Yeah. It's always a tough line to walk in terms of privacy laws are super strict mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. California. Um, and we've been hearing a lot about the shortage of personal protective equipment for healthcare workers. They don't have enough masks or the right ones. They're having to keep them and reuse them. What's the latest on that that you're hearing from your sources?
1: Most of the people that I spoke with at hospitals around this area, I think because we haven't necessarily seen the the surge of cases that we might have expected to see at this point because probably because of our shelter-in-place orders, most people had the gear that they need. um, But a lot of nurses express concern that they're having to reuse masks, um, even uh, N95 masks, uh, using it for a whole shift and just putting it off and on again when they go in and out of a patient's room. And this is a change from the past. Uh, this is actually a change in CDC guidelines uh, saying that this, this is okay to do this. So that's why the hospitals are allowing it. But a lot of the nurses said that you know these things are meant to be thrown away and uh, it's hard to put on a mask again you know, without touching the outside or without potentially exposing yourself to a virus that could be on it. So a lot of them felt like this, they wanted more adequate protection and they wanted more of these N95s. And also for those who are not working directly with uh, COVID patients, like the nurses I spoke with at SF General, uh, they're wearing surgical masks. So these don't provide the same level of protection. And in the case that we see, they they might be treating someone who uh, did actually have COVID and they only were wearing a surgical mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a common sentiment. And here's an ER nurse, Jessica Boykin, who's describing what that feeling is like for her.
0: I feel like I'm going to war with no guns. That's what that feels like. I know a lot of people are scared to go out and go grocery shopping and stuff. Me, I'm scared to go to work. I Don't want to bring this home and it's probably sent my kids away. That that's how it makes me feel. I'm sorry. I'm Heather Knight and I'll be back with Mallory Mensch after this. I'm back with Mallory Mensch, who's been covering healthcare workers during the COVID-19 crisis for the San Francisco Chronicle. You have a new story publishing shortly about this topic, which will also be on sfchronicle.com. You took an interesting look at a new study from the CDC that um, tracks the first case of COVID-19 in the country that came from an unknown, unknown source. Can you tell me about the facility where that patient was treated and what the study found? Sure.
1: So this was a patient who was admitted to North Bay Valley Hospital in Solano County in February. Uh, the person had a respiratory illness, but at the time they didn't suspect it was COVID because they didn't uh, this person hadn't traveled to, say, China or another place, which had a lot of cases. They hadn't come in touch with someone in the community that they knew who was sick. Uh, so they didn't test them for the disease. Uh, so they were there in that hospital for four days. And during that time, uh, 121 health workers were exposed to this one person. And some of them had more intense exposure, Um and once they transferred that patient to another hospital and finally tested them, they found out that this person did have COVID. So then they started going back and trying to retrace, wow, how many workers have interacted with them? We need to monitor them. Maybe we need to test them. So out of those 121 workers, they tested 43 who had some kind of COVID symptoms in the next two weeks. And of those 43, uh, three tested positive for the disease. And these three were people who spent hours with the patient, on average two hours, really close to them. uh, In some cases, connecting them to a breathing machine, really close to their mouth. Mm -hmm. And they weren't wearing any protective gear because they didn't think they had COVID. So uh, no gloves, no goggles, no gowns, Mm -hmm. no mask. Um, So... What this shows us is that obviously the risk is high, especially if you are not wearing protective gear. And the report and the CDC really emphasized that we need to have adequate protective gear to protect our healthcare workers. But I spoke with an expert who thought that, you know, the numbers are... Are somewhat promising. I mean, even for the 121 people who had some level of exposure, um, only three people out of those actually got the disease. um, And that's because they were with them for hours. Uh, So... On some level, it looks uh, it could be a bit promising, they said, but that doesn't mean that we should let down our guard and ensuring that especially healthcare workers who are interacting really closely with these patients who can't practice social distancing uh, have the protection that they need.
0: Yeah. Do we have any idea what happened to the three people who did get it from that patient? I don't know,
1: actually. The report doesn't say, but I will try and find out. (laughs) It's a good question. We'll have you back.
0: (laughs) But um, it could point to good signs that um, you're much more likely to get it only with very close contact and no protective gear like a mask. So maybe that would um, give us some optimism about just interacting in the general public moving forward, do you think? Or is it too soon to say that?
1: No, that's right. And the expert that I spoke with, he's an infectious disease specialist, said that uh, the the results of this report pretty much track with what they think they know so far about the disease is that one person infects on average about two to three people. Um, But that's uh, without practicing social distancing, without precautions like a mask. Um, And of course, that's still too many. I mean, we need to get that number as close to zero as possible in order to actually stop the pandemic. Um, But it's... It does offer some hope that if you do take the accurate precautions and wearing a mask, um, your your chances may be lower than that, or your risk of spreading the
0: disease may be lower than that. Right, and I know that you are talking to healthcare workers every day for your stories. How in general do you think they're feeling now? Are they feeling more optimistic or just as scared as they were in the beginning of this pandemic? What is the mood among doctors and nurses now, would you say?
1: What I'm hearing a lot is still fear, Uh, even though uh, some of the case levels are lower than uh, we thought they might be. uh, We're still seeing outbreaks in nursing homes and in homeless shelters, Mm -hmm. especially in San Francisco. Um, And And there's still the fear that it could get worse. Uh, So people are just concerned about their exposure levels. They want more information. They want to know that they're going to be adequately protected no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Some expressed uh, tension and uncertainty that they uh, simply don't know what's going on. And in some cases, uh, don't know if they've been exposed. And they want to know uh, so that they can protect themselves and uh, those they love most. You know, most of them wanted to... uh, do it for their families, to not bring something home to their families and and risk infecting uh, the people who are close to them.
0: Right. Do you think they're feeling better about their working conditions overall? Because that was a big concern when this started. But it sounds like hospitals mostly have enough protective gear or at least better amounts than they did in the beginning.
1: Uh, I think it depends on who you talk to. So <laughs> right. some of the, <laughs> I think some nurses, uh, are, are still don't think it's adequate, so I see that there's going to be a press conference and a protest at, at UCSF on Friday, um, just saying that they need more adequate protection, uh, especially more N95s. Um, some people want to wear them all the time and want new ones, um, just so they can make sure in case they come in contact with a COVID patient, um, that uh, they'll be protected.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, and thank you for all of your good work for The Chronicle.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you to Mallory Mensch for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening.
1: Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com
0: pod.